Yeah, sure. Um, you know, it's a it's a great it's a great story. It was a, <clears throat> I was trying to decide what school I was going to go to, and my parents are both pretty academic driven. My dad's a lawyer, my mom's a doctor, and they're sitting there. We're at the dinner table, and they say, "Well, where are you going to apply to school? Where do you want to go to school?" And I said, uh, I'm "Not sure yet." They said, "Well, what do you want to do? You know, what's your plan?" I said, uh, "I'm going to be a football coach." And they both kind of looked at me a little bit. Uh, well, that's an interesting track you're planning to take at this point in time. Did you think about this maybe 10 years ago? You know, and I said, no, um, but this is what we're going to do now. And this is what I want to do. And my dad, very practical, said, why don't you look to see who's the number one team in the country? And why don't you apply to school there? Where can you turn when you're in pain? Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn, where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn, where you'll get immediate access to expert orthopedic specialists, physical therapy, and imaging at 15 convenient locations throughout the greater Cincinnati area. When you're in pain, turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. Visit beaconortho.com to schedule your appointment. That's the Beacon Difference. Coach Fish, appreciate you, man. I know you uh, had the pleasure of, I think it was the pleasure of meeting my co-host here uh, a few weeks back. Uh, but again, you know, with everything picking up and, and the season fastly approaching and we can get back to some sense of norm, uh, man, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join me and Kyle on the Underdog Podcast. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys having me. And uh, Kyle and I talked about it a few weeks ago. Uh, when we were together and it's uh, a true privilege to be on here with you guys and looking forward to uh, talking some ball and talking about whatever else uh, comes to mind here in the next few minutes. Before yeah. we get into your underdog story, cause it's tremendous. Um, I know I, I if, we're, we're 95 episodes in. I'd say 80 of those, maybe 85 of those, I've given him a hard time about some things, and he's given it back to me. But I heard that um, you made a great assumption um, of him and when you when you first met him and one that I tease him about now. Um, you know, 15 years ago, 13 years ago, he was a, a quarterback at Miami of Ohio. Since then, um, you know, dad, weight, and things have come in, and I know you guys were uh, hanging out and you made the assumption that when he asked what position did he play in college, <laughs> you chose to say, I think, left oh, tackle. Man. <laughs> man. It was an easy pick, too. It wasn't like it, I didn't uh, think about it for a long time. I mean, uh, I, I thought it was a pretty simple. I, was, I actually thought I was giving a compliment. Like, hey, you look athletic for a left tackle, moving well, <laughs> kept the weight off. Yeah, it was. Uh, it threw me for a full loop, uh, and then then I had to do my research and see all these records and see, you know, not just was he a quarterback, but he was a good one. So then it really threw me off completely. So uh, I, I know there was some good jokes still going around with his Miami Ohio teammates. I, I still received some text messages regarding that. I know his uh, the head coach of the Rams truly truly enjoyed that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i was so yeah let me can i get my side of the story yeah, here okay for sure so you know we go to the lobby and you know uh didn't know you know each other and just introduced myself and it's great right me his wife amber and super nice guy has some coach fish and you know so and so forth and you know we drive over to the wedding together we're in this trolley and just super nice guy i'm like man this guy is awesome 
So the night progresses, right? So we go and then we go to the reception and all of a sudden my old teammate who was like 300 pounds is like 170. So they're talking and he's like, oh, I used to play guard. Wow, man. Yeah, you know, there's no way you used to play. You used to have 300 pounds. Then it comes to me, right? And mind you, all, like he said, all of my teammates, all of my teammates, I haven't seen some for years. And Coach Fish, me and him are like, I think, all right, we're boys here, right? We, you know, we're getting to know each other real quick. Couple hours, like feel pretty good about this. And then it comes to the question, well, what position did you play? You know, I've gotten D-end, tight end. And then he goes, left half. The biggest position and on my the field. Heart, <laughs> my heart just got ripped out. I said, dude, you went from, like, being my my, my dude. Now I'm like, I, I, I was about to get on a plane and go home. I was like, I'm done. No, just kidding. But it was great. Uh, you know what? So awesome. I've created. So what, what's the penalty? I know you were in the, in the NFL. We just had Dan Dalrymple for the Saints on. What is the penalty per pound if you're overweight in, in the NFL? What is it roughly? I know it varies, but. Oh, it varies. I mean, you get from 500 to 5,000, depending on what program you get, you're you at. I All think right. the NFL PA allows a certain number, but uh, it, it changes and varies. And, you know, if you work for Coach Belichick, it could be different than if you work for Coach McVay. I don't know exactly <laughs> what the pound rule is, but we stuck to it pretty good. So let's uh, go. So I have I have a challenge. I've thought of this since since the wedding, since we met. I'm gonna throw out there. Let's just use 500 bucks. I'm 255, which is which is heavy, which is a lot heavy. Lofty. I need to be 225 at a minimum. Okay, so I'm 30 pounds overweight. So 500 dollars, you know, let's just say 30 pounds. So what? That's uh, 15 grand, 15k. So I'm gonna put 15 grand into this thing. Whoa! I'm gonna call it the Jed Fish cha- Weight Challenge. I have all <laughs> season. Okay. So all season until his last game. Till their bowl game. So bowl game. Yeah. So if, if he goes to a bowl game, I get extra time. Till their bowl game. Till their bowl game. Yeah. So I have, if per pound, overweight over 225, I'm going to donate to a charity of his choice. How about that? There it is. Is that a win? I like it. And how about this? If you hit it, I'll put $15,000 into a charity of your choice. Whoa. Okay. I like My where this is going. Hey, guys, you guys are on your own there, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll that, be the cheerleader. That is, yeah. So we'll go pound for pound. Okay. That, I'll tell you what, I haven't seen 225 in a long time. I think he has the odds. So, um, all right. So, yeah. So, anyway. You want to make it 230? You want to make it 230? No, you know what? I need to get to 225. You got me going. You know, I've thought a lot about this since that day. I said, you know what? I need to get my dad bod back in shape. And if it is Coach Fish, is is in, in each week, I'll give an update or I'll tweet out whatever. I'm going to call it the whatever challenge, Jed Fish Challenge. You know, I'm, I'm fish out of water or whatever you want to say. Fish out of water. You know, I'm out of shape. I am out of shape, and I need to fish be like the of, NFL. All right. Just like when Coach Fish was in, or even college ball. I know they can't find their guys, but, like, you know what? I need to get my ass back in shape. I like it. So this man's going to help me do it. So anyway, let's get in. Let's get your your story is incredible, by the way. Yeah. So let's get into the, his underdog story. So, Coach, um, as I do every episode, you know, we always try to find kind of that adverse moment or maybe underdog moment, if you will. Um, and I was shocked when Kyle even told me, you know, that, you know, you never played the game of football. And I was just like, wow. And to be where you are today, you know, there's obviously there's probably some of the the buzzwords that have that you could relate to and say. But from your perspective, man, I really want to go back to you were an all state tennis player. Um, but doing my research, you know, you always had this drive to want to be a coach. But um, can you just take us back to. Um, really maybe coming out of high school and why you chose Florida and really kind of how that all came to be early on? Yeah, sure. 
Um, you know, it's a, it's a great, it's a great story. It was a, <clears throat> I was trying to decide what school I was going to go to. And my parents are both pretty academic driven. My dad's a lawyer, my mom's a doctor and they're sitting there and we're at the dinner table and they say, well, where are you going to apply to school? Where do you want to go to school? And I said, uh, I'm not sure yet. They said, well, what do you want to do? You know, what's your plan? I said, uh, I'm going to be a football coach. And they both kind of looked at me a little bit. Uh, well, that's an interesting track you're planning to take at this point in time. Did you think about this maybe 10 years ago? You know, and I said, no, um, but this is what we're going to do now. And this is what I want to do. And my dad, very practical, said, well, why don't you look to see who's the number one team in the country? And why don't you apply to school there? Well, I opened up uh, Sports Illustrated and University of Arizona was number one in the country that year, 1994. And University of Florida was number one on the AP coaches poll. So I was like, oh, this is a tough decision. Now what am I going to do? So then my dad goes, well, check basketball. So I go to basketball. He goes, you love basketball. Maybe you just see which one's a better team. So Duke was number – or Arkansas was number one, and I didn't want to go there. And Duke was number two, and they didn't want me there. Number three was Florida. Number four was Arizona. So I'm like, this is unbelievable. So we go back to it, and I say, all right. Well, if football doesn't work out, what am I going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to go to law school. And they both had the same ranking. One was 43rd and one was 44th in the country in law school. So finally, I just said, screw it. I'll go to Florida undergrad, and then I'll finish my career at Arizona. So it kind of has worked out pretty good for me. <laughs> that uh, I ended up picking Florida, and I really picked it because Steve Spurrier at that time. And I wanted to be an offense head coach. And Dick Tomey was a defense head coach. And Spurrier was an offense head coach. And it came down to these two schools. And uh, he was a play caller. And I just saw myself as my dream was to be a play caller. Um, and uh, it, it wasn't as easy as I thought once I got there, though, man. It, it became a lot harder. Yeah, and I want to I, I talk about that story. So you, you, you were, uh, while you were in school there, you are coaching a little bit of high school ball. And you're trying to get – coach Spurrier's attention and what I found in my research was you figured out where coach parked his uh his blue Buick and for 500 and f or 450 days or about a year and a half every day I'll let you say what you did yeah it was one of those deals I was coaching at a school PK Young High School I mean to get there at first I thought I would just go in there and become a volunteer assistant and they never had they didn't allow that then I was going to be a student assistant they didn't allow that then I was going to be an equipment manager. They didn't have one of those. I didn't get that job. So finally, I'm like, I'm going to go coach high school. But to go coach in high school, I'm like, I don't want to – this is not my aspiration, right? My aspiration was to go work for Steve Spurrier. So I said, all right. Well, every time I walked to the office, you saw a parking spot that said that for the head ball coach. And it was his car, Blue Buick, advisor in the back. And I'm like, maybe if I just start leaving a note one couple days, you know, one or two days, he'll at least reach out to me and say, hey, this guy's committed. But it took about 400 days for him to actually respond to any of the notes. So I, I always say if that was in 2021, that person, I would have been arrested like 398 days prior to the first time <laughs> he reached out. But, um, you know, and, and at that point in time, I finally got that five-minute meeting. And I walked in there and I said, coach, here's the deal. I've coached college, uh, high school football now for over a se two seasons. I was in the middle of the second season. So if you could kind of do the math on that, you know, a whole year plus. And I said, all I want to do is just come in and help. You know, I don't care how it is, what it is. I want to learn. 
So I got like the 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. shift, I think. I got to come in when everyone left and make photocopies and organize scripts and draw cards when no one was around. And, and then as the days progressed, it turned into I was kind of welcomed into the family. And, you know, somehow, some way, he gave me a graduate assistant when I graduated. So two years after that, I became a GA for him. And things have worked out well for me since then. Wow. Like, what a story. Yeah, hustle. It, hustle. It's, it's, mm. it, yeah, I, I just – because you didn't go the traditional route, you know? And did you ever have a moment of, you know what, maybe this isn't it? Like, did you ever have a moment of questioning? Because people from the outside, you know, you're putting in 18 hours, 20 hours in that profession, and you weren't getting paid. Yeah. No, I, you know, and I never did. I never thought about it. Um, I literally thought at that moment in time, I would say later in life, you have more like – you know, concerns about what happens next, what happens next, you know, at that point in time, I was what, 20, 21 and dumb and just said, this is the only thing I want to do. And I had this like vision of one day leading a team in a Rose Bowl or a Sugar Bowl or a Super Bowl. And um, I wasn't going to let anything derail that. Uh, now it took a long windy road to have a chance to become a head coach and uh, there was times, you know, during those moments that you start going like, what if, right? Like, what if I, I don't get the next job or what, what am I going to do? And um, fortunately for me, uh, and truly fortunately for me, the time that I was most concerned was the time that Sean uh, came, came through for me. And uh, Sean McVay is who I'm talking about. And um, I was the interim head coach at UCLA. And I, uh, we went one and one and lost our bowl game. And I was the offensive coordinator before that. And um, I kind of thought that I was going to become the next head coach at Arizona at that time, 2017. And uh, they wound up going in a different direction. And while that was going on, I kind of turned down four or five opportunities. And then I didn't get a couple opportunities late in the game. And I called up Sean. I'm like, Hey bro, I don't know what's going to happen right here, but, uh, you know, it's January 18th and it's been about 13 days here. And I'm kind of looking around saying, what am I going to do next? And he said, let me create something for you. And uh, that year uh, we wound up going to the Super Bowl. And um, obviously it's been a good run, but uh, I owe a lot to him at that moment in time. It felt like a little bit of that uh, rescue tube got thrown out there. Yeah. But the one thing we'll give Sean, my old teammate, five years, some respect. But the one thing he has not done for both of us is uh, put us on this podcast. So, you know, we, you know he, he might've saved you a life. Point. You know, it's, it's a good point. And I mean, he might've helped you out, but now, you know what we, I know he did some sort of zoom to your team in the, in the indoor, which is awesome, you know, but I still, one of us needs an invite to his podcast. That's all I'm saying. So. Got me. I, I think that's a very fair statement, you know, and maybe we could get him involved in the challenge. Maybe we can get him involved in the challenge a little bit. You know, he has a lot of cash. Yeah, he's got so, a lot, he's got a lot of cash, and he's got he 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 made his opinion stated at the wedding too. So he was laughing <laughs> alongside with everybody. So hey, let's raise a lot of money for some good causes. Sean, I'm not in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man, but he, you know, the one thing I will say, you know, to go about go back to the work ethic piece, and I've learned this through Sean, and it sounds like obviously with Coach. Um, his body of work dictates, I mean, he's put it in obviously to, to, to get what he, where he's at, but Sean was one of those guys and still is to my understanding 
you know, uh, meticulous in his approach and his commitment in the studying of the game, of the craft, caring about his players. So, you know, obviously you've worked with a lot of guys from, you know, Sean to Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, name a few. Obviously we talked about Coach Spurrier. What is, you know, something now that you're the head coach of Arizona you take from maybe some of those mentors or coaches you've coached with? Yeah, and it, it really is. It's it's so interesting, and I I try to always go back and think about what some of those great coaches have done and, and said, and they all really are unique in their own way and then similar in others, right? They You would always say without a doubt they're all incredible competitors, right, in every aspect of it. Um, Spurrier is well known for being as competitive as it gets. Um, and then you same as Sean, and you look at Pete and – Pete's motto is always compete and competition is everything. And obviously coach Belichick, I mean, every part of his world is about competition. Um, but when you look at each guy specifically, I kind of look at it and say, the one thing coach Spurrier always thought about is have fun competing. And that's a big sign that we have up uh, in our building as soon as you walk in. And then when you look at Sean and Sean always talked about, you know, you compete with schematics, but you win with people. And um, that's a quote that we have up in our building. Uh, and then, you know, you talk about Coach Carroll and competition is the central theme of the program. And we tell our team that same thing. And then when we talk about Coach Belichick, we always talk about mental and physical toughness, right? And, you know, what we're looking for uh, in terms of how we evaluate both, you know, mentally tough players and physically tough players and, we, we try to use all four of those guys' messaging to our team in different ways um, because they're all unique, they're all special, and they're all really, really good at what they do. I saw you said, uh, is it true that you got a water hose out during during the spring game and was spraying, spraying the crowd and, and, oh, yeah. and water balloons and, and the WWE and Gronk and, like, that fun piece? I think, can you talk a little bit about how you're able to do those things, but keep the guys focused and, and really continue to keep that message uh, across the board. Yeah, I think there's something really to uh, having joy in what you do and, uh, you know, bringing that energy and enthusiasm, but also, you know, in the end, uh, understanding that we, we have to, have, if we do have fun working hard, we got a chance to do something really special around here. And when it comes to recruiting, you want people to see it. You want these players to pick you because they believe it's a place where they can get better and get developed, but also enjoy it. Now, the spring game was a unique set of circumstances. Um, Rob Gronkowski hasn't been on campus in nine years. Uh, Teddy Bruschi in six. And they each have their own unique personality. And we felt this was an opportunity for us to really capitalize on having those guys back. And uh, we put Rob's team on the student section side. And uh, we, we decided, like, hey, it's a hot day, man. And I looked at our operations guy at about 9 o'clock the night before. I said, if there's not 2,000 water balloons lined up in front of that student section, somebody is going to be in some trouble around here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I said to Rob at about after the first quarter, I said, you know what's in all those coolers? He said, what? I go, water balloons. And he goes, let's go. <laughs> And uh, we just attacked the student section. I took out a big water hose. and We had a great time and let the players go have fun. But spring ball is spring ball. And then when you get to that spring game, man, it's, it's a way to stay healthy, demonstrate your product, but also uh, really represent what we're trying to get done. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, having fun. I mean, I saw 
I mean, talk about Gronk not, and Teddy Bruschi, two legends. You getting them back on campus, like you said, bringing the history back to uh, Arizona. I mean, that's huge. I know you've been working hard. I think season tickets are way up, but not exactly where you want. I think, what, 95% full. And I've done some I, – I didn't know, like I said, I'll be honest, I, I didn't know, um, just like Coach probably doesn't know a ton about my Ohio football. Uh, I didn't know – I knew a good amount about Arizona, but I didn't know their stadium rocks, by the way. I mean, you guys, when, once it goes, it, I mean, I, I did some YouTube videos. They like to party out there, and rightfully oh, so. Yeah. And, 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 and if you're a student athlete, I mean, at Miami in the Midwest, we have very – my wife is a merger, so she's beautiful. And, uh, Mary, you know, there's a great uh, – great, great women. Yeah, girl, dad, so i got to be careful here. But there's beautiful women in Arizona. So if you're a student athlete, yeah, great facilities. I got some stats on that, but we won't talk I, about I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm politicking <laughs> for my guy here, but I'm just going to say great facilities – in an underrated tradition, right? I know obviously there's been some adversity and coach is going to turn this thing around, but man, that's a good place to go play ball. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we got the number one student section in the country. That's how it's voted. And uh, we're proud of the zone of zoo and what we need to do. And I, I tell it. our students, you know, that we've got to find a way to put all 10,000. We have 60,000 students that are here. We got to get 10 of them to come to every game and uh, it's free. All they got to do is swipe their card, man, and walk in here and, and then we need the other 45 or 50,000 seats full. And I mean, I believe that if your home field advantage in college, pageantry in college, the band, the music, the, we're putting the DJ right in the heart of the student section. And like, you know, let's ramp this thing up and make it special and make it fun. And, and, uh, you know, they always say, if you, uh, if you win, you know, we'll come. And I always say, if you come, we'll win. So uh, let's see if we can get that going a little bit. Three hour, three hour party. I get to two twenty five. I'm gonna be bearing down right next to the DJ. Get out there. I'm gonna be bearing down. (laughs) Guns up, baby. We're gonna be. uh, We're gonna get this thing rolling. Um, What is your relationship with Coach Brian Kelly? Uh, I thought that was kind of unique. If you want to maybe just kind of touch on that story, how were you guys first met, and then how it's kind of come full circle. Wow, Calvin, you did some research. (laughs) He's the smart guy. The the partnership here. Um, yeah, so when I was a kid growing up in New Jersey, I used to go to a uh, sleepaway camp, a uh, sports camp up in uh, Massachusetts for seven or eight weeks every, uh, I think it was eight weeks at that time, every summer. Uh, my parents would drop me off at the bus stop and pick me up eight weeks later and visit me for four hours during the one time. And uh, so when I was 11, my counselor was a guy named Brian Kelly who was at that time the Assumption College softball coach and the Assumptions College assistant. I think he might have been the defensive line coach, maybe. Maybe. Um, And anyway, he was there, and he was probably 24, 25. And um, I wrote this article in, like, the camp newspaper about him. And just, you know, a little bit about because it was his first year at the camp. And then we go ahead and whatever, fast forward to 2011, and we're playing the – I'm at the University of Miami as the offensive coordinator, the other Miami, not Miami of Ohio, the <laughs> University of Miami, and the one in Florida. And uh, we're playing uh, Notre Dame. And uh, Mike Mayock found the article and put it up on the screen. <laughs> and uh, it's been crazy. And now the chance to – obviously what he's done is unbelievable. He's as uh, good of a football coach as there is in the country. And the fact that I've known him now for 34 years is is pretty unique and fun and it's good to see him every now and then when we get together at different events and and you knew at that age you wanted to be a football coach right i always thought 
I was thought, but at that point in time, you know, I mean, the he was what Assumption College's D line coach. That wasn't uh, that was necessarily aspiring to be at that moment. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I just saw that article, and I just thought, you know, again, just crazy how things come full circle, and you know, some of the gentlemen that are in your circle um, and from the tree that you've come from. And what's your relationship with Coach Spurrier? Do you still talk to him? That's great. Um, I hired his son. So his son is on our coaching staff as our uh, special teams coach and analyst. Uh, I saw Coach Spurrier most recently in a golf tournament uh, Memorial Day weekend and spent a few days with he and his wife. Uh, We're going to have him come speak to our team in August. Uh, He's going to be down speaking at the Fiesta Bowl, and he's going to come on over some middle of August to come and see our guys. And I mean, I I went from – I told this at the wedding, my wedding, uh, 400 days of leaving letters, and now he was uh, attending the wedding. So it was pretty cool to have him as a guest uh, for Amber and I. And uh, it really shows, you know, that, hey, if you persevere and you don't ever stop, and, you know, he used to always say he just wouldn't go away. It was his only option was to hire me. So uh, then he came and reward, you know, came back and spent some time with Amber and I. And he's awesome. And he's got an open door here. We have an empty locker for all of our honorary coaches. In our in our coach's locker room. I love That's it. Awesome. Spe- speaking of weddings, a text just came in from our mutual friend, Mr. Chris Shula, current linebackers coach for the Los Angeles Rams. Shout out to to my guy. He said, "Ask coach about being sweet mates at Manning Passing Academy. You were probably about twenty five, he thinks, and he was fourteen. Something about late night. You come in, and and his True dad story. was going up for I a can run. Tell you, I know the story he's talking about." <laughs> I mean, this guy, he got all the guys coming after me at all different angles right now. <laughs> so I go, so I'm working the camp. I was Buddy Teven's graduate. I was at Florida. So I was probably, maybe I wasn't at that point. I started as a GA. I went to camp and I was probably at that camp for like eight years. And Chris Shula, and uh, Dave Shula, Chris's dad, the old head coach of the Bengals, was um, best friends with Buddy Tevens. And Buddy Tevens ran the camp. So Buddy has me like off campus in like these like four bedroom dorm things. And my roommate was Dave Shula. Well, Dave's son was was Chris and Chris was either staying in our room or I don't think he was staying in our room. I, I think Dave was. So I went out with the young counselors, let's call it. And I'm coming back in and let's say it's, I don't know, 4.30 in the morning or four in the morning. And I can't open the door like for some reason or another, it must have been very dark. I don't know. I couldn't find the key. Okay. And I'm like working. And all of a sudden, Dave Shula opens the door, ready to go out on a jog. The guy's <laughs> going to work out. And he's like, Jed, good morning. I said, is that what it is? Okay. So he, I got his dad walking out. And I'm walking in. And I said to myself, I'm never going to get a job in this profession. <laughs> This is this story is going to kill me for life, but uh, Dave's awesome. And then I got to work with Chris and Chris and I, you know, Chris's first date with Jen was at my birthday party uh, in L.A. So uh, we uh, Chris and I are super close and that's where we met Kyle. And uh, it's uh, he's great. Great story. though. Yeah, that was a great story. I didn't know that. And I said, hey, man, I got to have something. I was searching for. Some of your guys out there in LA, and and uh, he's like, "Oh, this is a good one." This the Dave Shula, 
Manning passing camp story. <laughs> that is a good one. I think it's the hard one. work and, and, and the fun element that that you yeah. know that that you see is you know you're able to have some fun and you bring that element and but you know obviously your hard work has gotten you to to where you are today. Um, and do you do you want to get in rapid fire? Yeah, yeah, let's get some let's get some rapid uh, rapid fire ones going here. Um, so I did a little bit more research, uh, and I found this article that said, um, I just want to know, is it true that you invited the late Jim Valvano to your bar mitzvah? Um, uh, and, and, and how did, and how did that kind of, how did that go? Yeah, you're good, man. True story. <laughs> True story. Um, I don't know. I was kind of always, you know, like coaching was kind of my thing. And I just, I loved the whole, and I was an NC state basketball fan and a Florida football fan. And I said, uh, there was whatever I was, 13. And I, I invited him to my bar mitzvah. I've never met him before or anything like that, but I'm like, hey, this will be fun. So he sent me as a bar mitzvah gift, which I still have, a signed media guide, a signed basketball, and then sent me four tickets to the uh, Madison Square Garden Christmas Classic. That, uh, and we sat behind the bench, my dad and I and two of my friends. Uh, he couldn't make the event, but he uh, it was a pretty nice gift. I got to tell you, I don't know if I'm as generous if I get invited to a bar mitzvah of someone I don't know. <laughs> wow, that's what a story! Yeah, I mean, you've just been in pursuit of the coaching profession, and it just shows like you've been relentless, you know, by doing those little things. And I mean, it, it gets it shows your body of work even at that age, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking of you. Uh, Wimbledon was just, and I was thinking about your tennis stuff. Who's your favorite? Uh, Tennis player. I know being a former tennis guy. Uh, Jimmy Connors. Jimmy Connors. Jimmy okay. Connors is my favorite uh, growing up Federer now. Uh, but Connors is my all-time, you know, number one guy that I want to meet one day. Yeah, I didn't know. I did. I knew I knew some John McEnroe stories. They did like a highlight thing on ESPN on that. Man, my man lost his mind. Did you lose <laughs> your mind? when? On, on, would you ever no, talk to the judges no. like that? Or are you pretty never. I would never do that. Yeah. Never, ever. Only refs. No, I, I wouldn't see that out of you. But no. <laughs> Kill him with kindness, man. Kill him with kindness. Yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, let's see here. Ask this. Okay. Life. Let's just see. You created these, so I'll read it. Lifelong dream with a whoopee cushion as a coaching tool. Question mark. What, what is that one? I don't know. I saw something about that. Nothing with the whoopee cushion? I don't know that one. No. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. Good. Yeah. Why did you tell me to ask that question? I don't <laughs> even know. You put these together. I don't know what we cushion is. Man, that is. Yeah. You crazy man. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Yeah, we knew that. Um. Why do you choose? And, it, and maybe this is just the opportunity. But um, do you choose college over the NFL, or would you prefer to? Co I mean, kind of take us along that that mindset. Yeah. I mean, I I think that. What I love about college football is, uh, you know, you, there's three things, really. Number one is you have the ability to get any player you want to get. Whether you can get them or not, is that's not, you know, up to you. That's up to them. But you have the ability to go after anybody. You don't have to wait for a draft. You don't have to wait for selections to occur. You don't have to deal with a salary cap. You know, you go after them. And if you want to go try to be as competitive as you want every day of the year, college football is for you um the second thing i would say is you have the ability to control your roster you know there is no general manager there is no 
you know, owner per se, you have the ability to be in control of all 85 of your players. And then thirdly, um, what I love most about college football, I love the kids. I absolutely love that 18 to 22 year old age bracket. I mean, the crazy stuff that comes out, the ridiculous questions, the lack of understanding of certain things, uh, being able to hear their stories, get to know them and help develop them to become great is awesome. You know, and not all of them will become great, right? One and a half percent of them or so. But if we can get them to that level where they can have an unbelievable college career, that's all I ever dream of. And, you know, if they get to the NFL, that that's awesome. But just watch, you know, that leap from high school to college is a big leap. And you get to spend so much time teaching fundamentals. And I love every day being on a college campus. It's awesome. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Let's uh, last. Ask, you ask it. No, you know what? You This is your question. I'm not asking. He's going to probably make fun of me. <laughs> um, You'll butcher it. All right. So at the end of every episode, it's go. not that, yeah, it's not that complex of a question, but we <laughs> ask um, if you have to agree to this first. Do you agree? Do you blindly trust me? Okay, he agrees. I, know. I agree. My man, I love this guy. Gosh, damn. He agrees to his old lineman. We need to get him to recruit Ohio, and then we just, you know, we, we, we'll help him out. <laughs> um, so we we need your help. You agreed to, obviously, what I just said. We need your help with making this happen. I'm going to butcher the shit out of this. Um, who is one person we should have on the Underdog Podcast that you can make happen? Oh, wow. <clears throat> Tommy Lloyd, the head basketball coach here. Okay. Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd. He was a, uh, he's been a, a sit, showed up at Gonzaga as a student volunteer. Never met Mark Few before. Worked for him for 20 something years, national championship. And then about hot, is the head coach at Arizona six months ago. Love it. Two guys that didn't play. Love it. All right. Underdog. Underdog, and I totally forgot. This is a funny story. I get it. I, I knew. I know some uh, someone in your uh, your compliance department. I even totally forgot. I did. He gets. Yeah, I get a text. I said, "Hey, I heard Coach Fish is coming on your podcast." I said, "Whoops, was I supposed to go through you?" He's like, "Nope, it's good to go to Coach Fish." I said, "Great." <laughs> I said, "I don't even know the rules anymore." Who was that? Eisman, uh, I think his last. Um, oh yeah, Kyle Eisman. Kyle Eisman, yeah. yeah. So he actually funny story. Actually, you might have been in L.A. then. So we went to a um, the Eagles Rams game when Carson Wentz got hurt. I don't know if you were at the you were yeah. in 2017. That, yeah, that was the year before I got there. I was at UCLA. So he was he sat with me. Um, he mutual friends. So um, yeah, he had nothing but good things. I said, all right, because I said I, I'm not very compliant. <laughs> so I said, uh, are we good? He said, yeah, it's great. We're glad that he's coming on. So I was like, I, I was like, you know, it was one of those things where I said, oh man, I totally forgot. I just met him at a wedding and we we hit it off and he made fun of me and we're uh, we're just having a blast. There we so go. anyway, but uh nonetheless coach, we uh I really appreciate our time, you know, uh at the wedding and obviously you coming on here and any way we can help spread the word, any handles or any any way for our audience to engage with uh, your brand. You know, I just think the more people that want to be a part of our program the better, you know, at Arizona Football and at Coach Jed Fish and we kind of we're we're big into social media we're big into sharing our program we're wide open we have our own team reporter uh, we have our own sideline reporter we have our own in-house uh, media tv station that we're building or tv studio and uh yeah i would say if anyone wanted to follow us 
uh, at AZ football and uh, I think it's at Arizona football. Yeah, at Arizona football and at Coach Jed Fish, you'll get everything you want. Yeah, we might be, our business, our staffing business might be expanding out to Phoenix. So might have to get in on that NIL game out there. So just I love it. Just saying. So Coach anyway, man. I'll, uh, I appreciate uh, the inspiration to get me back to my, my fighting weight. We will, uh, we will raise some money for charity. I'll keep you up to speed probably on a weekly, bi-weekly basis as you're beating people uh, out there out west, and we can't wait. We'll be rooting for you, be bearing down over here, and uh, once I get to that 225, I'm going to be next to that DJ. Absolutely. I'm going to be partying. I'll be, I'll be writing that check. I'll be writing that check for you. <laughs> right. All right, brother. Well, thank you so All right, much. Guys. Appreciate you. All right, thank Coach you. Man, nice to meet you. Thank you. Yep, we'll see you. All right. Thank you. 